topic. Let's just end breaking news. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. Are we on, guys? Yes, we are. We can see you. Hey. For those who are listening and not watching, I, I'm in my backyard here. I made a little sacred fire for all of us. It's the high holy season for the Western Christians. It's, you know, it's Holy Weekend. It's Good Friday today. Fire signifies Christ's suffering right now. You know, traditionally it's noon to three that he suffered before he dies. And it's a, a light. Welcome him on his way back at some point. But it's also the season of the Manukaman, which in uh, the three fires people, the Ojibwe, the Potawatomi, the Ottawa, the Odawa, uh, it's spring. So it's the time to pray to and worship uh, Wabanong Manadu, which is the grandfather spirit of the East, which signifies rebirth, regeneration, green. It's also Passover. Next week, the Eastern Christians will be their holy week. The week after that will be Ramadan. So this is for all of us. Hopefully we stick together. We realize we're one family. And we'll get through it. Respect each other. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get a little tobacco. And this tobacco and cedars, the native tradition, you, you put tobacco on the, on the fire and the smoke carries your prayer to God. It's kind of like the censor in the Catholic Church. So what I would say is may we all remember our ancestors we hope those that come after us will will remember us. I think that's a appropriate thing in these times. And then we'll be all right. And those that are sick, we're thinking about you. And if anybody has any seeds. I'll swap you. I, I got uh, this is corn. I went through it and got the biggest, biggest, uh, best kernels I could find. It's Indian corn. It's edible Indian corn. You can see it's got a lot of colors to it. So it's got all the a- antioxidants and stuff that sweet corn doesn't have. It's really hardy. Grows in almost anything. And having said that, um, I noticed like my my neighbors. They like to garden in. They're in themselves. You know. Yeah. <laughs> And they're doing their gardening, and then they put like 50 bags of lawn shit out for a guy to come pick up. And you know that that guy and his kids and his wife are scared to death of what you're putting out there. So if it's organic material. Oh, no. Oh, no. Did we just lose Charlie? I know what he's saying. (laughs) He's saying if it's organic material. Put it in a compost compost pile. Exactly. I know a few of the, um, you know, the pickup, the trash pickup people 
have suspended picking up lawn waste right now because I would say that's not terribly essential to pick up. No. The well, there's not, well, people have only just started lawn again. And they're also talking about people purging and they're cleaning out and they have this unbearable load of stuff that they're now getting rid of and the impact that that's having on their ability to, you know, pick up stuff like it's it's a burden. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the governor yesterday said no more uh, big box stores, no more selling um, lawn care uh, paint, flooring. So, you know, stuff's still pretty serious out there. And I think one of the things that will illustrate it later in the show, um, Charlie's got a call to a uh, first responder, a pre-recorded one that is, uh, it's pretty powerful. It's uh, worth hearing, um, you know, what it's like being on the front lines, trying to take care of people and, um, you know, get them the care that they, they need. And they need it, Mark, that's for sure. Yeah, it's it's awful out there. And there's a lot of talk right now about flattening the curve and things slowing down. But you know what? Uh, it certainly doesn't feel like we're we're there yet. And, you know, the thing that nobody's talking about that I think is going to be imperative is a reentry strategy. I mean, this isn't just going to just pop up and everything's going to go back to normal. People are going to have some apprehension. You know, what do we do? How do we even start to reengage? That's going to be part of it, too, I think. Do you think they do it? Do you think it's like they'll open some restaurants first or some dry cleaners and restaurants? I don't know how they do that. I don't think people are going to be that anxious to jump back out to restaurants. I think there, you know, there's going to be some apprehension about um, connecting. Uh, you know, I mean, people are going to be because, you know, Dr. Fauci already said people aren't going to shake hands anymore. I mean, we're going to have this barrier to connectivity, even if, if, if it's not, you know, a formal rule, it's going to be a subconscious apprehension about connecting with folks again. I mean, we are. Yeah. And speaking Can you of, all hear me? Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of connecting, here is Charlie now back inside. Some lovely thoughts. You disconnected when uh, you were talking about people putting compost outside, which is ridiculous when you can just wait. Yeah, look, all you got to do is this. You keep it. Look, if you got space in your backyard, just put it in a pile. It will rot. You turn it over in case you keep it moist and it'll turn into the best fertilizer. You know, if you are putting weed and feed on your lawn, don't put that in your compost pile, because if you put that on other flowers and stuff, you're, you're going to kill them. My daughter figured that one out. So <laughs> give them a break. You know, you know, I wanted to show you how to make a fire, but. Uh, well, we got to see it. You did a very good job. We had a little technical issue, and you had a good uh, exactly. fire going. And, and I was a little worried you were going to run out of things to burn, but I should know better than that, right? See, I, I, I like to keep that going all the way to Easter morning, and I don't look. Some municipalities won't let you do it. Some require it to be in one of those chia pet things. Some of them uh, uh, just want it in case like that. But uh, I'm covered by the uh, American Indian. Religious Rights Act is 1978. So, you know, bring it, bring it, the man, because I'm, I'm, I'm lighting the way for, you know, better days. Oh, look at my, all my arm hair is burned off. <laughs> <laughs> Singe worthy. It's a sign of a good fire. Be careful, Charlie. <laughs> okay. You know what, though? It is, it's, it's Good Friday. So I, I like to keep it low key on today. So, you know, Let's get to what we're going to do and then and then go home and think about each other. Just mellow out. Uh, let me just thank the sponsors for staying with us. Uh, I don't know what we're doing, but you're with us in good times 
Um, we're with you in, in the hard times, as always, American Coney Island, Grace Carroll's downtown. Uh, there's selling a ton of Coney kits. I mean, there was like a hundred last week. People want a little, you know, a little normalcy. It, it can come to your door. Go to AmericanConeyIsland.com. Hall Financial, we've been telling you, if you, you know, you, the squeeze is coming. You, you've been on the government websites. You've been trying to get a hold of your bank. You've been trying to get unemployment. Guys just went out. That's cool. Um, there is equity in your home. So call Hall Financial. I mean, the rates are, we, we know, we know what's going on. Uh, call 248-308-5000 or davidhomemortgage.com, davidhomemortgage.com. Uh, Equal Housing Lender, 146 740 Luke Nowacki, I, I'm leaning on Luke. I don't, I don't know, small business, you know, I'm an independent contractor. I can't get through this paperwork. There's what, what do I do with what's left? Look what the stock market's doing. Luke predicted it. Boom. Right. Everybody panicking. Boom. It's at 24,000 or something. Don't overreact. Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. 248-663-4748. And as you all know, securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Line Associates Inc. is blah, 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 blah. That's a different one. They're not associated. This is Luke Nowacki. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Pinnacle Wealth Management. Two four eight six six three four seven four eight, and our good friend uh, Barry Ellen Tuck at ADR Consultants Business. Uh, I, you're really stressing. What are the best practices? What's legal? How do you keep it open? How do you keep going? How do you navigate a government that's not there? You call ADR. He walks you through a call them for a consultation. Two four eight three one eight nine four two four. Private public construction IT public safety. He does it all. Okay. And thank you all. 248-318-9424. Thank you all for being with us. So, guys, I got to say, I don't, I, like I said, I, I want to keep this thing lovely, but I don't understand our political leadership. I, I, I don't get it. Here's the thing. The, the, the Detroit News wrote a, editorial criticizing governor Wimmer for going on the shows, right? The talk shows, the, the, the comedy shows and making this thing political, but they wrote, uh, they can't see anything wrong with the handling of this. And as you're going to hear from Johnny on the spot, our, our emergency friend worker, nobody could predict this. Cuomo's on air today. Nobody. It, now we're saying whose fault is it? We've never seen this in human history. My problem is with your response to things. So I'm making a list. Governor Whitmer, you didn't call off the primary. In fact, two hours later, then you announced an emergency. It's, it's hard to buy. You wait for the governor of Ohio to issue a state of emergency. Get out of here, boy. Go on. And then you do it the next day. You kowtowed to business. Right. The casino stayed open, hung up tarps and the factory floor stayed open. And you said, quote, we're not there yet. Well, when were we going to be there? Because look what's happening on the factory floors. Look what's happening everywhere. Who knows? We're looking at Detroit as the epicenter of this. Those casinos are rocking and rolling with old people, you know, right in the middle of this thing. A business asked you business. The, the regional chambers didn't want to shut anything down. Remember? That's not a leader to me. Um, you ripped Trump for not bringing aid, and yet you forgot to officially file for the aid. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I could get that done. 
um, the water shutoffs officially came. The, the moratorium on them officially came last Sunday. Last Sunday. You're wondering why poor people, and we all know black people are the majority poor people for their size in this country. And white people are poor and they're dying. And it took you that long to, to make sure they have water. I don't understand it. Beaumont ripped the state, the head of Beaumont saying, there's no connectivity between the hospitals. When one's overflowing, they should be able to talk to each other. So let's send them over there. You know what I mean? That was Sunday as well. Um, the crime is through the fucking roof in Detroit. Finally, after this broadcast, we're realizing murders up 70%. Activate the state police in the city borders before this thing gets away. Because it's going to be a long, hot summer. We had the chief on. You know it. The fucking jail. I've been telling you for three months. Garland Gilcrest, the lieutenant governor, had a blue panel commission about the jails. Never set his loafer in Wayne County. Now it's the biggest infected cluster in the United States. 20% of the employees of the sheriff's department are positive. Not quarantined. Not 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 made, not sick, not at home waiting for a test, are absolutely positive. Unbelievable. And as I wrote, you let a guy out with COVID. You gave him a bus ticket to get back to Taylor. Get, put him out of jail. He was sick. He was shitting himself. He didn't know the bus system. He ended up in Southfield. Disoriented, he got a cab to Taylor where he died. And then the people from the funeral home without good equipment have to come pick them up because they're the morgue now. So get the people that work at the funeral home, since they're the government, what they need. Get the inmates tested. I know what you did. You took 500 people and threw them into the community. And you want to know the reasons why Detroit is an epicenter. And now, finally, I did this all day yesterday. You can't get through to the unemployment office. They don't answer the phone. It goes straight to busy. The, the website keeps crashing and you say be patient. Well, madam, I got a friend in Massachusetts. They're already getting their checks. So no way. I'm not buying it. I want better. And I, I might have voted for you. I don't even remember why I voted for it. I might have voted for you. <laughs> Wasn't Garland a tech person, though? It wasn't his background and his whole thing tech. Don't you think that that should have lent some value to expediting or eliminating all the issues that we're having now with the the, the internet and calling centers and all that stuff? Right, you might th you might think so. I was like, well, what did he actually do in the city? Which is he developed an app, you know, where you could file in your complaints, right? And then they put out <laughs> he should all make this one for the state. <laughs> What's that? He should make a complaint app for the state right now. <laughs> but then, yeah, it's true. But then, you know, way back in the day, I, was, I said, let me check the data out. They're talking about like 10,000 trees were taken down or, you know, I forget the number, 15,000. But it was when I did the math, it was two trees an hour, every hour of the working day, every working day of the year, rain, snow, sleet, hurricanes. Mm. There's no way. That, that's what you're seeing. Uh, What's that? That's super efficient. Yeah, you know, enjoy the comedy shows. Exactly. Because, uh, uh, what this is showing you is how inept everything is. The unemployment fi filing is is frightening. Uh, it will be retroactive if when people eventually get their checks. Uh, there, there is a little silver lining there, I think. 
Uh, you you got to buy groceries by the week. Yeah, and who's going to hold off until you get money? I mean, you've got car payments, you've got uh, insurance, you've got you know day to day expenses. Well, yeah, cer- certainly mortgage companies are you know uh, here are offering some leeway, but but what do you do in the meantime? I, I thoroughly agree. I'm just saying it's it's the one silver lining. Some credit card companies will um, you know can you can file with them to say you know can I push this down the road? A lot of private industries doing that. I, w- I was interested, though, and the one thing you brought up, Charlie, in the beginning, um, the, the head of Beaumont saying, look, there's no coordinated effort am- amongst these hospitals. And you see Whitmer in these press conferences, and she's really ripping the coordinated effort from the federal government, the executive branch there. I was wondering, what about other municipalities in the state? Are they ripping the federal or um, the executive branch of the state? How are cities uh, communicating together? Have you heard anything about that? I mean, obviously, the, the hospitals aren't. Um, what what about cities and what they're doing? Are they getting what they need from the state? Uh, dude, I, you're watching like I am, right? It's all kumbaya. It, look, you know, I mean, it's all everybody fall in line. We've got a presidential um, election coming up, right? Biden's she she's going to be his national back. coordinators. Duggan's one of his early backers. Um, you don't hear from Talib. You don't hear from the senators. You don't you don't hear from anybody. You're just hearing from us. And if you remember, a couple of weeks ago on this program, we had an emergency room nurse from where? Sinai. Sinai race. Yeah. Right. right. They They've been in the news. They're overwhelmed. Well, they've been in the news, dude, because they called us, me, three in the morning. And then I put that thing out on you know social media, which to me is a wing of our news program. And now what do you got? Now you got CNN out there posturing and stuff. No, nobody's really caring about us. And what really happens to them? They're going to try to get the medical school students. What that revealed was the for-profit hospitals cut everything to the bone for profit, right? And now when something hit, you don't have the staffing, much less the equipment, which nobody has. But it's like a mash unit in there, 25 patients, people dying in the hallways, this Imagine what nobody was looking at when we were saying, come back Detroit. Well, now you see it. What what we as a group here have been trying to report, it was a mirage. The budget was a mirage. The the healthcare was a mirage. The public safety was a, a mirage. And it took this. Why Detroit? Why is Detroit the epicenter? Ask yourself, really? Yeah. You know why? Because we weren't prepared. Yeah. No, that we, it was grand homes. Well, yeah. Like, like, look, we took, look at the Detroit public schools. They're going to mail packets out now for enrichment. Only now getting that together. I'm not criticizing them. There's no money. We took, we took tax money and built a hockey arena that you can't even use as a field hospital because we weren't even allowed to get in on the design of it. Well, that goes back to your original point. I mean, yeah, nobody could be perfectly prepared for this, but the response has been atrocious and frightening. And, and you, you mentioned Sinai Grace. It's so bad now that the CDC is is actually involved, saying what what is going on up there. And then to find that uh, I think it was the same hospital fired an employee for speaking out about it, which I know you want one voice coming out of a place, but boy, does that send the wrong message. When well, the optics are not good with that. Well, it's ter- it's terrible anyway that this person has to yeah. speak out because of the staffing shortages and, and just the poor conditions that are there. And then you fire them. It's it just <laughs> it just seems 
it's just baffling to me as well, to why you would do concerned that. about appearance. You know, let's make sure let's make every let's make it look like we know what we're doing. Let's <laughs> make it look like everything is fine. Uh, and the person that's willing to speak up and say, "Hey, things aren't okay." No, you got to, you know, you got to get them out of there because they're compromising their appearance. I, I, and, I, and you don't want, ahead, I was just going to say, you don't want every nurse and every doctor screaming about how bad it is. I get that. But really firing her because that's what the story is going to become. And that's just, it just, you need people right now to help. The fact that she was there doing her job in the first place is pretty admirable in my opinion. Well, I got to say this about, you know, here's how it really went down with the, with the Sinai crew. The the midnight shift came in and refused to go to work. So they staged yeah. the sit down, right? And they wouldn't go to work unless their demands were met. And they were very fair and true and they're right about those demands. But the, they weren't going to get them extra help that night. So, you know, the after a, a spell, the hospital told them to leave the grounds. I wrote, it's a wildcat strike, which it is. And I asked them to turn around. Now, okay, they were put out. Look, it's a wildcat strike. I'm not judging you. I'm not judging you. If you didn't do that, if we didn't do that, you wouldn't be hearing any of this. But there are the other nurses that had to work 24 hours. And I'm not even sure they had to work 36 hours. So we, you're going to hear from Johnny on the spot, our, our, our guy who's out there. This is mental torture on everybody. And yes. I do hold leadership responsible. I do. If you, Whitmer's father was the CEO of Blue Cross Blue Shield for 20 years. The guy that replaced him is the guy that got Whitmer into politics. They, the lobbyists, threw a fundraiser for him and raised 150 grand. So when she was running for governor, she's against single payer uh, Healthcare, you know, like mm-hmm. basically gov- government Medicare for everybody. And um, that may, basically means Blue Cross disappears. I'm not advocating for single payer. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not saying that. But if you want to deliver to Detroit, madam, because what you just did was another press conference. We're impaneling another blue ribbon commission again with Garland Gilcrest yeah. to find out why black people are dying. Well, the best way to get them health care probably would be single payer. Make it easy. Allow them to go in. A lot of us don't have it now. Think about this one. I forgot about this. Remember the the Medicaid law now? You got to work 80 hours in a month to get your federally funded medical care. What's up with what's up with that when nobody's working? Did the governor waive that? Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah. Unconscionable. Well, it's such a fucking mess. Well, Charlie, what do you think about yesterday when the mayor said, like, he's surprised about the disparities in terms of health care and uh, for, for African-Americans in this city? What did he oh, not pay attention to as head of DMC? This isn't new. Karen, anybody that's been listening to you for as long as they've been listening, I mean, even on this program, once again, you're like, the narrative is bullshit. It's, there's, there is two Detroits and he kept denying it. But, I mean, mo- but he's head of D- no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, Charlie. But I mean, he was head of DMC. So what were you not paying attention to when the majority of people that came through the emergency room were people that didn't have primary care physicians using the emergency room for, you know, what should have been re- regular medical treatment? I mean, what weren't you paying attention to? I'm you know, just, when it, you're I'm right. Well, when, it, when everybody's on the highway and they're like this, 
pick this emergency room 30 minutes or less. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and we all sit there like as middle-class people and snicker, like, um, if it's an emergency, I'm not really shopping around for an emergency room. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Bob. I'm, going, I'm going to the closest one. Exactly. But what goes on in pockets of abject poverty is that's your primary caregiver. So you don't, you don't have a car. Your appendix hurts or your elbows throbbing or you have an abscess, whatever it is. You call 911, right? There's the bitching about, will they abuse 911? No, that's the only transportation they got. The emergency room is their doctor. Right. That's why they're putting out advertisements. Now, when Duggan ran the DMC, they sold it to a private company. But before they could do it, they had to pay the government $35 million for kickbacks and fraud under our mayor when he was running the public hospitals. The public hospitals became for-profit hospitals. The, for, the company that bought it sold it to another company. So all the clauses in there, which required investment and you know staffing levels, gone. Poof. What happened in Detroit? All you had to do was pay attention what happened in Detroit. You got to hold her goddamn feet to the fire. But he wasn't in Detroit. Let's not forget that. He moved, you know, to Palmer Woods just before the cutoff time to file. Um, and so this wasn't an area that he was otherwise familiar with, connected to, or concerned about. Oh, he was familiar with it. He was the guy. He was the guy. He ran it all. And before he ran the hospital, he was the number two in the county, in the county yeah. who, who wasn't paying the hospital. Right. The county and their indigent. That's how DMC started getting on the ropes. It's it's a joke. And so, yes, here's the thing. Media. I watch five o'clock every night. The Trump show. It gets to a point where it's ridiculous. Right. <laughs> you know, but they, they just beat him silly, which is what a vigorous media does. I don't see that here. So that's why we got to do this. And then that's why you come and do, you follow and do the jail or you follow and do Sinai Grace or the zoo or the crime. Because who, who is it you're afraid of upsetting? We want more as a people. And now our skeleton has no skin on it. It's bullshit. And you all know it. it look, the budgets. We, we've done this so much. Bob, we've done it for a year and a half together. The sham budgets. We've talked to Kevin Orr. We've, we've talked to everybody. The budgets, the surplus was a sham. The crime numbers were a sham. The water shutoffs versus the giveaway was a, uh, was a sham. All those buildings downtown, right? Nobody's paying taxes on them. We're going to need the taxes now. Do you think Chrysler Fiat is now going to be pumping out three ships for the next 30 years? Did anybody think about this before you gave the precious few dollars that the ghetto doesn't have away? Nobody thought this could happen because I should have fucked it. And now I'm mad because I love Detroit and I love Brownstown and Westland because this is a poor person and a working person and a middle class person's disease. I haven't, I haven't heard of it. Rich, rich people dying from it. You know, I'm not trying to cause a class warfare here but when we're looking at it yeah 40 percent of the deaths are black people middle class too chances are they're related to poor people i bet you it's the same with white people who don't have health care who don't have you know good reliable food store you know all the all the stuff we could talk about 
I wanted to get your opinion on um, maybe the messaging and how it worked uh, inside the city. Did Were people aware of the stay at home? Were people aware of social distancing? Because it really seemed in some of these pockets to hit fairly late. And now what you're seeing are still people gathering and having parties and they're getting cited with a thousand dollar misdemeanor, which I don't know what that really accomplishes. I think they're still, if they don't believe it, they're still going to go out there. So do you have an opinion on how the messaging was sent out to those groups of people, the poorer people? Yeah. Well, Karen, here, let's, let's do this as a, as a black woman and right. And I'm a guy up here, whitish guy up here, uh, north of eight mile. That's code. I know what that is. And, and like I said, first of all, it's young dudes, right? So we're talking about young black men again, but we don't want to say it. The punks won't listen. That's re- let's just break it down. Okay. So there's a few, maybe there's quite a few, right? Um, but here, north of Eight Mile, I, I got white teenage boys back in my house in the park here smoking weed, gathering like groups of five and shit, right? They're young men full of stuff, right? In, in the flower of their manhood. They're not going to listen. That's, young dudes don't do it. But number you two. inside. No, yeah, right? You're not going to do that. Number two, that's easy to do. Look at the fucking public transportation system. Oh, yeah. I, w- I would say to you, more of it's getting passed on the buses. A lot of bus drivers are down with this shit. People, if you if you go look at it, they're packed in like this. There's n- there's no way not to spread it when you don't have a car. So yeah, some people aren't listening. That's always going to happen. Now, the bus system, you know, people would say it needs to run because nurses, doctors, first responders need to get to work. Mm-hmm. But at what point does it become you know, a huge negative because it's getting spread so much there to the point where can we figure out a different way to get the first responders to work and maybe the hospitals arrange some kind of... Are people on the bus? I mean, the numbers are down so much so that they've now shifted to a weekend schedule. Uh, And I know there are people that depend on public transportation, but there's no place to go right now other than the grocery store or to those positions that are deemed essential. But because Um, of that... So who's riding the bus right now? Because of that, you're seeing people just riding the bus because it's free and there's nothing else to do. Well, maybe. I I don't know anybody like that, but I'll tell you what, where's the grocery stores? Yeah. Yeah. Good point. (laughs) Look, we know this. Here's a little thing. Duggan gave a press conference and he goes, we're going to run a hundred million dollar deficit. Right. Wow. Last year, one of the newspapers reported we ran a $150 million surplus. They looked at the, the ledger wrong. It really wasn't that. Having said that, during this press conference, he mentioned they're going to cancel demolition. Hmm. Yesterday, it, there's an announcement that the inspector general of the city has banned one of the companies for 20 years for fraud and kickbacks and bribery. The federal, gov- the federal government okay, put a comment in their press release. Good job. This thing's rolling, people. This thing's rolling, this demolition thing. Now, let me bring it back where hell's going to be paid. Remember, people were going, oh, the God. And I said, there's a big moon pile of asbestos dirt. Remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember when I said they're grinding up shit and throwing it in the holes? They're taking the poison, the poison highway dirt, right? They're double charging for it, all that stuff. 
the feds are working from home. If Remember, we had Brenda Lawrence on, and I said, what's up with the Army Corps and the Treasury's investigation onto the quality of the, the physical health quality of that dirt? And she said, it's imminent, remember? Yeah. Okay, they're testing to see if that shit's poisoned. So if we spent a half a billion dollars and we poisoned the city with this shit, now it all comes to play, folks. I don't want to do it that way. I don't want to make it about me. All I know is I saw it. It's outraged me since I've come into this town when your ambulances don't work. When, when everything gets stolen from you, when the demolition's gone, when the hospital's gouging on you, now you see it. Now there's no denying it, right? Nobody caused the corona epidemic except God, God himself, herself the mystery of God, how we respond to it and what we did to each other beforehand is now on display. It's certainly exposed a lot of failures. And the question now, year, two years down the line, will we learn from this? Will government learn from this? Do you see, do you see them being any? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. These are issues that have existed and anybody in a leadership position knew should have been aware and should have been responsive. On the other hand, maybe this will make residents and citizens um, of this country, you know, and, and to put them in a position of, hey, you know, we're really more in control of this than we think and start paying attention to who they elect, move beyond name recognition and people that have no track record or that have been recycled from positions of past and start putting people in place with a level of expectation and accountability to, to make some things happen. Because we're, in my opinion, not much better off than we were 20, 40, 60 years ago. You've said that not. before. And you we're know not, what? Charlie. And co- totally respect to you. Totally respect to you. You know, you were saying that in the good times, mm-hmm. right? When it appeared to be the good times, bullshit stock market money. And, and it's here. And it's naked. And again, I don't want to, you want to know where the second highest cluster is? In Wayne County, after Detroit, Livonia. Hmm. Not only for infections, but for deaths. Wow. I'll have a a, a fuck of a crazy story for you come Monday. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. I'll do it first, and then everybody can do it afterwards. But it's it's fucked up our response. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I love the joint. I'll do it this way if I got it for for the rest of my life. Because... It's wrong. Now you're talking about leadership. Here's well, you, you, were, you were talking about the response. Is it is it from the state level or does it go down to the county? I mean, there are things that the county should be doing that they're not. You know, yeah, like like the jail, Bob. Yeah, yeah. They're responsible for it. It's yeah. a fucking cluster. They they took five. Well, and it's a and it's a petri dish. Yes, mm-hmm. we're twenty percent of the staff, and they all haven't been tested yet. You know, we're talking about Henry Ford and seven hundred tested positive. Right. Yeah. Well, how many employees do they have? 10,000, maybe more. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they got so the percentage of the sheriff's department is way higher. Dude. It's like at least 20%. Wow. Are positive. And then you're the people they're touching. You just put them on a bus and they go home and die. This doesn't outrage they, they go home and spread it and then they die. Right. That's Fuck. Yeah. The county, the county every year gets $3 million for, for um, Homeland Security, no strings attached. Just just that budget. 
right? Where's the three mil? You, you could dump that into the jail and clean it up right now. Now, to credit the county a little bit, they have scrubbed it. They are starting to test people, right? Um, they're trying to get the equipment. There's been some hazard pay given to the deputies. Okay, got to give, give them that. But why did it take me screaming? I'm telling you, that was the center, and I was doing it since January. And you know what? Nobody wanted to follow up on what I was doing there when they re- released this blue ribbon report. They wanted to play off of our Kwame shit with, you know, Pete Carmanos. They wanted, they, they were frivolous, frivolous. So, guys, I, I love you, but don't hate. You, you've been exposed. That's why you guys are getting laid off every other week. Because now people are finally reading because there's nothing to do but read, but you're still not getting it like Dana Nessel. Dana Nessel, you know, the attorney general, madam, you are in charge of who's in the jail. You're the head law enforcement officer in the state of Michigan. You knew. You knew they were releasing people without testing. And then you get you you deign to get onto Twitter. And let me read what you you tweeted yesterday. I just can't hear about one more black healthcare worker, police officer, or bus driver die while getting a barrage of complaints from white folks outraged because they can't go golfing. Here's a couple of things: white people are dying, black people golf, and we all complain. Your job is to protect us, not tweeting your jammies. Not show me your glass of wine. It's to be a leader. You didn't get the jails done. That's your job. We're infected. You're looking to be something here because there's nothing coming out of your office. Why didn't you start an investigation into demolition? Why didn't you look into the poisoning of asbestos and lead into the children? Why didn't you do that? Why aren't you holding the the mayor and the city council and the people running Detroit from your own party. Why, why, why aren't you holding the task? It's a joke. And Charlie, don't forget about Flint. Aren't we about a week and a half out? Um, oh, it's fun. We didn't practice this, did we, Karen? No. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't even know what's on the agenda. <laughs> Here's your Flint update, folks. I think connecting to this was, uh, was work enough. <laughs> hey, what's up with that fire picture? Yeah, have we checked in on the fire lately? Uh, I well, uh, yeah, I don't know if Joey can hear us. If, if the phone went, hey, Joey, pop in and talk. He can hear us. Yeah, um, the camera's out on the fire right now, but I'm sure the fire's still burning. You mean the camera d- bagged out? Yeah, well, you didn't have a cord for it. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm gonna set it or something. I'm gonna give you the Flint update, then I'm gonna go check the technology. All right, but. Uh, April 25th, 2014, is when the elders of Flint, Democrats, right, Republican contractors, Republican, blah, 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 governor, that's when they switched to drinking the, the, the Flint River. So that's the six years. So statute of limitations kicked in on some things. What will not happen is the big one. When the 25th comes, the RICO, the racketeering um, schematic will not go into effect. It'll be done. That means all the people, all the money people that put this shit together 
possibly from my own reporting under false pretenses, right? I'm not even going to go into it, but let me just tell you what. The guy that put the bond deal together for Flint and the county and the and the and this new water system is Mike Duggan's chief financial officer. Now, Ms. Nessel, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to say it out loud. We've seen the same thing, the same documents. I know you know how this works, but you didn't, you're not bringing it. What you my guess is you're going to bring back those manslaughter charges on the true top health officials in the Snyder administration that were already brought when you dismissed all these charges and, and were parading around saying it, it was all wrong. What you will probably do is bring misdemeanor neglected duty charges on Snyder and his right-hand man, Richard Baird. But you will not get them for misconduct of office or lying under oath or a lot of stuff that was coming. So what we're going to get is what we already had. Plus, it's going to be some fanfare because Snyder will be charged with a crime, a misdemeanor, and we'll really get nothing. Now, I could be wrong, but it's something to this effect. The RICO charge is not coming. I, 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 and if it does, God bless you, but I'm not hearing anything about it. And it's very complicated. So fuck Flint. The whole country is now Flint. Yeah. Government ineptitude. And what are we getting? What are we getting? Tooth Fairy and Easter Bunny videos, right? <laughs> Tweeting in your jammies. I wouldn't do it. You know, when people say, say what you will about Ladoff. Say what? What did I do? I love all of you, even if I don't like you. And it pains me when you write me and you do it in the hundreds that I can't get to it all. But I know this is some fraud ass shit. Duggan kept saying there's not two Detroits. And I, I wrote it for a national magazine going, the comeback's myth. There's too many people like this, Karen. You keep saying it. Dave Bing said it. Well, we're the nuts. Now everybody's looking. Now we're doing blue panel commission. What about the middle class? They're screwed too. What are you drinking, Charlie? <laughs> tea. My wife brought me tea and... I hate tea. Why? Tea is soft. It's soft. soft. <laughs> it's hard tea, Charlie. Maybe you need a little <laughs> softness. Well, my doctor told me to go get tested yesterday because I have some minor symptoms. Good and luck getting for COVID. Yeah. Good luck getting the test. Well, you know, I, I, went, get, I, went, I, to the, I went to the, the, the doctor with a hot <laughs> temperature and they wouldn't give me a test. They sent me to the emergency room or whatever, or the urgent care. And I went up there and they're like, yeah, we're not giving you a test. They wouldn't even write a script for you to go get it somewhere? No. On a testing site? Huh. That's no. crazy. That's yeah. crazy. So good luck with your test, Charlie. Hope you get it. No, I I didn't go. What I decided to do, because it, it hurt. This was closed. It's a little yeah. better today. A big, big baseball like in my chest and my my back hurt. I had diarrhea, right? And um, I you're gonna hear again from uh, our friend who is working out there. Yeah. And 
And you're right, Bob. I, I, you know, I'm confused as to how you get tested. And I said, let me see if I can walk for an hour, a couple miles. And if I can't get home, then I know I should go. Right. And I stayed away from everybody and wore the mask and I was okay. So if I minor, I, I just couldn't in, in good conscience jam up a, an emergency room, burden, overburden people. I just, you know, I'm, it is what it is. So are you going to I, try, I to, thought you were, sorry, try to get the, try to get the no? I'm sorry. Try to get the drug uh, like the state rep did, so you can thank Trump. <laughs> like, what's up? Like, what is this? <laughs> How do people, the, the important people, get tested so fast? When I'm not like we knew Bob was sick for you know right. he looked bad for a week. He's got a real fever. Can't get out of bed. He can't get a test. Yeah. Again, I don't. Let me bring it back. It's this holy season for all of us, most of us anyway. And um, we can do better. Again, I'm not even a liberal. I'm just a middle-aged guy. I, I see it. I've, I've dedicated my career to it. You guys do something entertaining while I go look for that. Oh, maybe I just take this. Look at that. Duh. I did want to go back to the Dana Nessel tweet. And I'm glad you brought it up. Oh, yeah, please. Yeah. I, the problem, and, and, you know, kind of goes with the whole theme of leadership and saying and doing the right thing. That tweet got a got a massive response, you know, one and just thousands of comments, thousands of likes, a bunch of retweets, far more than what she usually gets. But what's interesting is that that tweet was a response to her own original tweet. And the problem is by using the verbiage that she used. Her previous tweet, which is more to the point and probably more important, is so overlooked. So she's creating a distraction when she didn't need to. And I, I don't know. I just, I just think that's really just kind of tone deaf. I don't um, kind of Trumpish, maybe? <laughs> I, oh, I think very Trumpish. But but I don't think she had the in, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what her intent was behind it. Whatever. No, but you're absolutely right. But it was tone deaf. You're like, I'm, where, what are you doing, lady? Well, her I think it's a distraction. If, if you create a conversation that has nothing to do with anything, like you said, Mark, you know, she got all these responses and retweets and, and level of interest that she'd never gotten before, then that takes away from paying attention to what she should be doing. It's, it, and she's know. creating this racial divide, but it's really missing the original point, her first tweet about how, you know, African-Americans are getting hit with it harder because of, you know, certain issues in, in her mind and why and where they live and, how, you know, and it just totally gets blown out of the water because of the, you know, the white black issue. Well, here's the thing. You're the leader. What have you done to fix it? I know what you did. You pandered. You pandered yeah. to a constituency that doesn't even like you. You know, I mean, you didn't get many votes in Detroit. Here's the thing. We need a leader right now, not somebody that's using it to divide people, right? Mm -hmm. All you got to do is acknowledge it like a leader and help us live. Do something. <laughs> do something. I, I, I wrote it. Like, fix it. Get your ass to the jail. Yep. I, got a, I got a message last night. Because you wrote it, she's getting some ice shields donated. Because I wrote it, you're getting ice shields donated to the jail. Donated? 
That was criminal letting everybody out like that. That's on you. Well, it's frightening that she couldn't get it donated before until she wrote something. I mean, that, that's what's really ludicrous about that statement. But that's my point, though. Why are issues only issues when if it takes a Charlie LaDuff or somebody to point them out? If, in fact, you're responsible for these things, you should go. You should see what the conditions in the jails are like. You should think that, gee, if this is a Petri dish, we're creating the problem that we pretend to be trying to solve. I mean, isn't this what you're supposed to be doing? I'm just asking. Yeah. Isn't it? It is. Oh, now we're getting a cool echo on that. Uh... Oh, what happened? <laughs> that sounds like a cricket. Well, Charlie said do something entertaining, so. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I don't know if it's what's on Facebook right now, but watching him try to bring the fire to life is pretty entertaining. It is pretty good. I mean, it sounds like garbage. Here, I'm going to mute it. I'm going to mute him just for our ears' sake right now. But he's down on the ground with his hat off. And uh, blowing Wait, out. Was that was that coming from Charlie's phone? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent was coming from his phone. So mm. let me ask you this: We've got the auto show that's off the books. We've got, uh, you know, the Grand Prix. We've got all these things that are stopping. And I think we talked a little bit about this before we went live. How are we going to re-enter? There's no, you know, I mean, I see everybody kind of reacting to what's going on, but there's no re-entry strategy being discussed, being planned. Is everybody just going to be like, you know, the, the, the floodgates open and you all figure it out for yourselves? No, how, how does this they, work? It's got to, it, doesn't it have to be like kind of rolling it backwards where, you know, certain businesses are allowed to operate, still no groups, then restaurants with a small amount of people. I mean... There's no way you can just open the floodgate. I don't know how else you can do it because you can't just flip a switch and turn everything back on. So it almost by default has to be a rolling kind of opening up. But again, you know, what do the politicians make their decisions on? What comes, you know, do dry cleaners open before restaurants or can now I buy stuff at Home Depot that I couldn't but what buy? About, but what about I hope the ear doctor is going to be mean, open you, soon. You've got people that are already apprehensive. Dr. Yeah. he said, you know, we're not going to shake hands anymore. People are... What about us? I mean, I don't think it's at the level of a PTSD, but there's a level of stress and anxiety that's just not going to go away with the reopening of grocery stores and cleaners. How do we deal with that? Well, come on, Mark. There's the- I, don't have much faith, I don't have much faith in our political leadership to get us there either. And yeah, that's, that's what's so, to me, is so sad that we we don't you know and and that's both you know uh at the national level state level local level i don't have faith in any of them to get us back to where we need to be and i don't think i'm alone in that thing well i think one one thing that helps is normalcy and the act of doing i mean if, if people can get back to their jobs back to a routine where you can see your friends you can see your family that does so much to um to get your mental health back to get everything rolling again it's going to be not different. if you're scared of a mark not if you're afraid that they're because we already don't know if in fact this is this is going to remain dormant if it can return if it's going to be a seasonal illness um we don't know any of those things so there's going to still be a level of apprehension yeah we love our friends and family but mm, not so fast well you can't by law go see your friends and family right now Right. I think Charlie's I'm a, talking. I'm going to un- unmute him, so watch your ears. All right. Okay. Well, are you there? Yeah, yep. there you are. We had a Here's little the deal. Look, audio this issue. Thing, but yeah. like, like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do whatever the other governors do first. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Cuomo's on the air today going, look, 
We're studying the Spanish flu. We're studying Hong Kong. You know, we're studying people that loosen it up. They, they've seen spikes. The fact is, I've got friends working this after they, they, they see spikes after they loosen it up. Yes. Yeah. Look, I, I people work in the State Department in India, man. This is going to summer of next year on and off. So what's going to happen are people naturally are just like not going to intermix. Some will. We don't have a vaccine yet. I think a va- the vaccine is going to be, I mean, that's the game changer. Once there's a vaccine that works, that's when but, things will really start getting back to except normal. Except for the vaxxers. How, what about those guys? Hey, guys, you want a vaccine now? But yeah. that's the no, thing, I, I mean, remember, there's a, a vaccine and an immunization are two different things. Sure. People have the option of opting out of a vaccination. And you got to think even the flu shot doesn't work. So, you know. I thought vaccine and immunization but, were the same thing. No, immunizations are required. Vaccinations are optional. Well, I, I, mean, I think oh, then, I see. I get you. Yeah, I think yeah. then you um, then it becomes a personal choice. And if you don't want to yeah. be, if you don't want to get the vaccine, then good luck and good luck to uh, spreading it to your friends and family. Yeah, but what about the flu? Flu shot doesn't work either. It, well, the flu shot is based on the you know what the other <laughs> half of the hemisphere is doing. It's it's about fifty percent effective this this year. You know, it's it's hit or miss, and I know the well, coronavirus has mutated, and there's a few different strands. But exactly like this one is expected because they're saying people they don't know if people are going to be able to be if they will be reinfected if in fact asymptomatic people will continue to be carriers. Nobody knows, and I, so that's going to be the scary part about a, a, how we move on from a, here. A vaccine is a game changer, and having enough supplies and enough people to be able to take care of the sick in the hospitals. Is really what it's about. Because, yes, people are going to get sick. Even when there is a vaccine, this thing's not going away. Some people will get sick. But can we manage it like we manage the flu? Then okay, there's that. And we don't know. You know, we sound like fuckers on Facebook. So Yeah, no one know, knows. No, you're right. If we, don't have any, if we don't have any answers or news for them, you know, no, it's good. But here's the thing. To move it to a direction that we, we do know something about. Since Detroit is in the news, right? Our hometown is in the news. What are the police going to do? Yeah, true. They're not going to touch shit. They're already, we, we had the chief on last week. It comes said. out a, a little bit more this week. They're starting to triage what a crime is. You understand? Yeah. They're hit. So if murder, murder is up 70% and we had a month of lockdown, shootings are up 40%. What do you think? People are broke. Not everybody in Detroit, ladies and gentlemen, is getting a government check at the first of the month. They're they're like healthcare workers and, you know, I mean, manual labor, good working people who don't have work now. And the, the unemployment office doesn't work. What do you think is going to happen? Fix it. Mm-hmm. Massachusetts is getting their unemployment checks. People need to eat. If you can't get it done, I know people that will get it done. What about that? Yeah, well. That's pretty good, Charlie. But don't do like the guy out of uh, Atlanta, you know, and he did his little PSA with his uh, automatic (laughs) rifle. You didn't enter the drawing, Karen? (laughs) No, (laughs) I'm good. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, we're about peace. We're about prayer. We're about getting back to some basics. Again, I've got corn. I I, I don't see the comments if we're on Facebook Live. If you've got seeds to swap, I'm looking for some potatoes. Uh, I'm looking for kale. You know, I'm looking for like... Hardy leafy stuff. 
Well, you, you have one any- viewer that said she had some, uh, I think she had tomatoes. That was earlier in the show. And she said she had some tomatoes that she oh, was girl. willing to give you. <laughs> oh, girl. Uh, I got a black walnut in my backyard. And they, mm-hmm. the, those secrete a natural herbicide. Hmm. So they, they're like they're like black widows. They, they kill any leafy thing like that. So oh, I can't wow. grow tomatoes here. Okay. So carrots grow really well and potatoes and corn. But thanks for the tomatoes if you got any. I'll have, actually I'll have some uh, kale for you in a little bit, and I owe you. You will? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got a lot of kale that'll grow. I mean, it's got to grow, but yeah, it's very easy. Is there I any like such thing anymore as marijuana seed, by the way? <laughs> yeah, it's in a store. <laughs> Not the weed I get. But you <laughs> yeah, know what? Right. Think about this, Charlie, and somebody said, or one of, one of the listeners said earlier, that you can buy grass, but you can't cut grass. It's, it's, <laughs> illegal, it's legal to sell it, but illegal to cut it. Think about that. So you can actually go, you know, dispensaries are open. It's it's not, it's recreational is approved. So well, it's essential. Well, you know, it's essential. For a pool. Well, you know, why don't we play that, Mark? Um, yep. This, this, this phone conversation I had with a first responder and a hospital medic doing double duty, um, just, just a soul from, from the front. Uh, I think Karen and, and Mark and Bob, he may be able to answer your questions about what we're going to do and where we're going and, and what, what the outlook is. You know I mean? We can speculate. We're just regular people who are scared. Don't mind saying that. Um, but just, just to hear the nurses and the cops and the, and the deputies and the first responders and the healthcare workers and, and the pet store clerks. And I, I respect you and I thank you, you know, and I, I wish you a, a, a very good season. Uh, I hope you don't have anxiety when you're with your children. And um, I'm, I'm going to just get off and tend this and you guys can, you can play it when you want. And uh, I'll say goodbye and um, peace on earth. Go to the doctor, Charlie. Get your test and stop smoking in the meantime. I know. It's on Earth and happy, happy Easter to everybody. Happy, happy Easter. Easter. Be blessed. Happy Ramadan. Happy Holy Week. Uh, blessed Passover. And for the religions, I don't have a lot of knowledge about YouTube. And if you're an atheist, you know. Have a good weekend. Fuck right. <laughs> hey, what's up, bro? Nothing, man. How you doing? I'm good. How you holding up? Yeah, I'm all right. Tired. Yeah, which jobs you work at? City job or the uh, medic job? This was the medic job in the ER. Oh, dude, uh, what's that like? No, it wasn't too bad. Today was a big upswing in patients, though. You getting more people coming in? Yeah, getting more COVID and getting more... You know, it's just people coming in with their general ailments that haven't been able to be seen for a while. So it's just getting more and more busy. People are just starting to get done with it. You know, with the whole COVID, it's getting stressful. And I would say stressful. It's just overwhelming. You mean like the nurses and doctors and everybody yeah. that helps? Yeah. yeah. You got nurses who want to help people, but it's going to sound bad. But you're basically just watching people die and knowing there's nothing you can do. Day after day, hour after hour, like, you don't know when it's right. going to end. Or... Right, and then they 
you know, they can't go home and decompress because you can't go home to your family because you're in fear of giving it to your family unless you have, you know, a wife or a husband or kids that understand. And the last thing you want to do is get somebody else sick. Everybody wants to compare this to 9-11, but this isn't 9-11. 9-11 was done in 24 hours. You knew who was dead. You knew the death was done at that point. There was still fear of maybe another terrorist attack, but this is ongoing. We're into, what, week five or six, I think, of this, and there's no end in sight. You don't know who it's going to take. You have no idea who it's going to take. You know, and that's something that's just, I mean, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. You'll see people walk into the hospital, you know, able to walk into their own power, struggling to breathe, Five, six hours later, they're dead. I mean, there's nothing you could do. Wow. Like 9-11, you know, I, w- I was there, and you're right about that, except may- maybe for those of us that, you know, work, worked ground zero, but you're right. And then, you know, well, even the ones who went to war, zero, that's another thing, it was, but it wasn't constant death. Right. And, you know, the people who did work ground zero, after the first 24 hours, they knew they were recovering a dead body. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was it was done. You knew what you were doing. Here, you're coming into work, and you don't know how many people you're going to have to watch die day in and day out. You don't know if it's going to be an old person. We're starting to see some kids with it. You know, you don't know what the age bracket or the color or what nationality, because this, this virus has no, there's no prejudice to it whatsoever. Are you starting to break up a little bit? You know, is it getting hard? Do you get any mental help? Um, not overly, because I've got a lot of experience with, you know, with what I used to do in the past, and it kind of prepares you. But you know, I got a cool wife who, you know, lets me vent every once in a while. Like last Sunday, I went out and got just fucking hammered, and I needed it. I needed it. It gave me like sixteen hours of sleep, and now I'm re-energized and back at work. Today was a 36-hour day. We didn't sleep at all last night at work. And you wake up and come back to this job, and you don't want to call off because the nurses and doctors are starting to get sick. You leave them shorthanded. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just yeah. a bad situation. Uh, I had a couple you know, of nurses call me the other night. Hysterical, man. Just just broken down. Then the 17th hour just felt oh, yeah. all alone. And... The nurses and doctors who work the ER are usually fresh out of school. You know, they want the excitement. They want this. So they don't know how to cope well. I'm not a big fan of the PTSD, but I could see where that could develop very easily. I mean, this is, in my opinion, is comparable to going to war. And thank God I've never had that experience. And pray to God I never have to go to that experience. But, I mean, this ain't easy. It's not fun. Yeah. Well, I, I know you don't watch, but everybody else, you know, I, I feel bad. I can't do more, but. You know, most of us are sitting at home just looking for people to blame. I, do you think, do you really think with that world pandemic that there's people to blame? Well, how are you looking at, how are you looking at the response to all this? In my opinion, um, and I'm just one person, no. I mean, how can yep. you blame, how can you blame Trump? How can you blame uh, Whitmer? How can you blame the leaders of the county? How can you blame the leaders of the hospital? I mean, this is just so massive. You, there's no way we could have been prepared for this. There's absolutely, I mean, this is a world stage. This wasn't United States against Mexico or United States against Europe. This was the world 
against a virus that literally swept the world in what, two months? Yeah. I mean, how do you prepare for that? How do you even mentally think of something like that? I got my thoughts. Uh, it's You can't prepare, but then I, I look at the response, like what you could do once you know it's here. And there's right. plenty to bitch about and point fingers about, but when, when I'm hearing you, nah, I don't feel like it. Right. I mean, I understand that people, it's human nature to blame somebody for something. Everybody wants to blame somebody for something. But truthfully, the, the people to blame, I'm driving home right now, and I see one, two, three, four kids on their bikes riding well within six feet of each other. I see this morning on the way home from where I work at in the morning, I actually see kids on the basketball court playing. I see assholes at Rouge Park. I see assholes on that Sunday fun day crap. I mean, come on, people. It's simple. Stay home. Stay away from people. He was a frontline guy. Look, I'm I'm a guy. I like, I, you know what I mean. I don't like. I feel like a puss. You know, I I want to help. But what you're telling me and all of us the is best help. Yeah, the best it up help and stay home. Stay home. Stay home. That's the best thing you can do for everybody involved. If what we don't stay home, this thing goes away for a while. What happens in the fall? Will it come back? Yeah, it's probably going to come back. I mean, this was the worst case scenario right here. You know, it started to drop a little bit. They were saying there were signs of improvement. And truthfully, in the ER, we were seeing it. It was going down a little. But now it's a 70-degree day, and look outside your house right now. Look out your window. I guarantee you, you'll see people walking. You'll see people, you know, within six feet of each other. Oh, look, I live next to the freeway, and it's, I'm not going to say it's packed, but it's, uh, but a lot of people moving around. Yeah. Right. It's more so than it's been. And that's the worst thing that's going to happen. I mean, it's, it's human nature to want to get out on days like this. And if you are, then go out to your backyard. Or, uh, hey, dude, I get it. I get it, which is, I think the leadership knows that, too. Like, there's like this could not, might not be the end or, you know, because it's going to warm up and you're going to stop listening. Right. I mean, I drove home from the hospital that I work at, and I just happened to drive past the river. It was full of people fishing. Full of people fishing. And granted, you can actually fish and practice social distancing. But once boating season <laughs> comes around, what do boaters do? Boaters all tie up together, party, drink, hang out. So you're going to have maybe, I've seen rafts up to 100 feet. I mean, imagine Jobby Nooner. Stay <laughs> home. Um, I do a virtual Jobby. Hey, uh, on, your, on, your city, on your city job, your emergency right. response job, are you starting to see the knucklehead calls again? You know, my finger hurts, oh, never my shoulder hurts. They never stop. They never stop. They Nobody never got stopped. the sense to stop it with the tummy ache shit. No. I mean, if you look at any city that's got similar demographics to Detroit, you know, economically, you got people who can't get the doctors. Their only option is to call 911 and go to the ER. They don't have the money for a car. They don't have the money for a taxi. And truth be told, most taxis and most Ubers and most this guys aren't going to pick people up now to go to a hospital. You stupid, too. You know what, brother? Thanks for saying that. You know, because there's a lot of hate out there. And, you know, it's easy to just say people are stupid or selfish, but it's not that. Like, being broke is a, is a serious health issue. Right. You can see it. Right. Now, you know, now we I'm get gonna, to see it. Like we got more deaths. We got almost 
twice as many deaths per capita than New York. In a way, this is the country's epicenter. Oh, without a doubt. But you also got to look at the stupidity factor, such as the Sunday Funday crap, or the idiots that had the, what, 200 and some people at Rouge Park. Yeah, the pub crawls. Do they deserve to die? No, but do they deserve to get sick? Well, yeah, they kind of do. If you're that goddamn stupid, then you deserve to get sick. Yeah, but then, you know, you overwhelm it for everybody else, the other people that, you know, didn't mean to get sick, doctors and nurses who are on the edge. I don't know if you start seeing a spate of suicides or drinking problems or broken marriages. You know, I mean, it affects everything. Right. You know, and I don't want to be the cliche, sound like a bitch on TV thing, but, you know, I, I, I leave my family to go to work with sick people. And the odds of me catching it or the odds of me bringing it home are pretty damn good. And if people can't respect the fact that I'm willing to do this for these idiots, then you know what? Sorry about your luck, bro. If you catch it and you've been out doing what you were doing and hanging out, I have no sympathy for you when you die. None whatsoever. Because you don't have any sympathy for me and my family. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, 99% of the nurses and doctors feel the same way. Now, if you're one of the people that sit home and practice your social distancing and doing everything you're doing, they're going to fight like hell for you. They're going to do everything in their world for you. They're still going to do everything for the idiot. But there's going to be a whole lot more sympathy for you if you did everything you were told to do. I just wanted to be quiet so people could hear that clearly from a guy who's stressed, pulled in like a copper wire. So listen to the guy, ladies and gentlemen. Bro, I'm I'm not using your name, so I don't want to use anybody's name. But you 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 got bent out of shape a little bit when you were hearing the media call themselves on the front lines and working in incredibly difficult yeah. conditions. And and there's people out here who like to talk the talk, but they're not walking the walk. And I'll just I'm just gonna leave that right at that. You know, when you're we'll standing you're right on the front line, but you're well tucked away behind a desk or an office, you're nowhere near the front line. Not when you, not when you can go home to your family knowing you haven't been exposed. Yeah. Well said. Hey, uh, last thing, man. Uh, why don't you want me using your name? Because I'm not, well, I, I don't need that. I don't want that. I'm just, I'm nothing more, and this is going to sound, I almost said, I shouldn't say, this is going to sound really stupid, but, I'm not doing it for anybody but me. I'm doing it for me, and I'm doing it for my family because I kids that go to college, and I need, I'm not going to lie to you, I need the money. But so, you don't need the glory, and you don't want to be the guy, like, sticking out. Uh, nope, not at all. Shake your pom-poms, look at me, I'm the stud kind of guy. You don't want that. Right, not in the least bit. I fucking I'm love you, man. Being, I'm happy being nobody. I love you, man. Thanks for doing the jobs, you know? And happy Easter. Ah, thanks a lot, man. You too. Hopefully next Easter will be a whole lot better. Yeah, well, you know, you, you know what Easter's all about. You know what the Lenten season is, so we really got one. I hope we don't right. forget what's going on now. Right. So. All right, I'll, oh, I love you, man. I'll let you get to your people. See you. All right, thanks. Every time I look at you, I don't understand Why you let the things you did get so out of hand You'd have managed better if you had it planned 
Did you know? 